maximize every opportunity so that you can become you. Legendary. Become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself 1% Your better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. Ha! Brian, welcome to Becoming Legendary, man. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. <laughs> it's good to see you face to face, man. I know, it's been a while. <laughs> so, uh, we just got done with a little bit of yoga practice, and we're hanging out here. We figured we would do one of these, and uh, no guests this week. Yeah. So, that's, that's a little bit different, a throwback to the old days. <laughs> uh, there's a couple things that I want to hammer out um, that we've been doing on the Invisible Path side where I started to, and I want to make sure that we get these out. Yeah. If you like the show, review the freaking thing, go to iTunes, write some nice things. That will be rad of you. We like that. Um, and the second thing is, if you ever have questions for us, um, feel free to throw those our way, and we'll do our very, very best to attempt to possibly answer those. Yeah, hit, so, us, hit us up on IG, on, oh yeah. on Facebook, on however you connect with us. If you have our phone number, you can text us too. True. <laughs> um, don't text me. I won't get back to you. But <laughs> we are... Um, yeah, so I'll do a better job of putting our contact information in show notes going forward to um, trying to treat this a little bit more like it's a real thing. Um, so yeah, with that said, Brian, you've been out here all weekend. We've kind of just been kicking it, doing mm. doing our fun thing. Yesterday, we spent pretty much the whole day in nature. So with that, like being behind you, mm. that that twenty four hours of natureness, how are you mm. feeling? Like what what have you what have you noticed? I feel good. I feel good. I feel a little tired today. My hips are, my hips are a little bit sore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel refreshed. I feel, we went up to, to the, to the pinion forest, right? The national, the pinion Mesa national forest, pinion Mesa national forest. Thank you. And we spent a good, a good chunk of the day out there. So, um, you know, always going back to nature for me is an opportunity to I'm looking at the microphone. I think I should be <laughs> you as, I, as I talk. <laughs> Going, going back to nature for me is really all about connecting back to myself, right? Mm -hmm. I think nature is a reflection of yourself. You are nature. Nature is, is, is you. Um, so, so for me, it's, it's, I have, I have a busy mind. It's, it's, I don't know where, where, where that comes from, but it, but it, but it's there. And for me, nature allows calming of the mind to set it without any um, other tools or techniques needed, like without a meditation, without a yoga practice, without, um, you know, ecstatic dance or whatever ways you want to move energy. Um, that helps still my mind. Nature sort of just sucks it out of me, sucks the shit out, the, the chitta out of me. Yeah. The mind stuff. And it's, is noticing the beauty, noticing the noticing the imperfections as well. I, I think that was a big big takeaway for me yesterday. We camped, or we didn't camp, but we we hung out in an area where there was a lot of decaying forest, a lot of decaying wood, a lot of animals passing away, and 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 at the same time, everything being birthed, right? New plants, new animals, new caterpillars. Um, so it was this it was this reminder of the duality that we live in. Um, the, the positives and the negatives, the goods, the bads, the happy, the sads, the wrong, the rights, um, the death, the birth, all of that. And for me personally, the more that I can live in a space where I'm constantly reminded of the duality of the polarity of this existence, the more connected I am to myself. Yeah. And hence to you, 
I mean, I felt a deep, deep connection with you. I felt, I felt a, a, um, some of our, some of the, the egoic things that you just go through on a regular basis with, with a friend of yours, your, your stories of your mind, the ego kind of, kind of jets up. That stuff melts away in nature, man. It's all about like, there's no maps out there. There's no GPS, cell phones don't work. So it's you, yourself, your mind, and your instinct, your gut. So we traveled anonymously around, around the forest with no directions. And we were able to just uh, to have conversations that I don't think you would normally have on a normal day. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, uh, that part where you, you kind of wrapped up and you said we traveled, we've traveled without path mm. through the forest. Mm. Um, I was kind of thinking about that and how, because that can be, there's a couple of things I want to, I'll we'll work back into. That can be scary for a lot of people, right? Is um, to leave the path. And to be fair, where we were, the only paths that were there were game trails anyway. Yeah. Um, so there was not a lot of human action happening. But when when you leave the path, there is there is something very different that is going on in your connection with nature, right? You you're no longer playing with these these parameters of uh, human desire, where mm. where the where the other humans want you to go, and mm. you're you're just into this wilderness yeah. space mm. and you know, we were, we were very, very safe, but, um, <laughs> we were <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we were, no, but I, so, but I know yeah. that, I know that when people, when people leave the path, it can be, um, mm. it can be something that really creates, creates some type of, of, um, desire for safety with, yeah. within a lot of people. Yeah. And I was thinking about why I don't have that at all. And, um, <sighs> and it comes from, mm. it comes from the fact that, my dad would do this with us when we were young, right? He just, yeah. so he taught, he taught me this skill without intentionally teaching me this wow. skill. And that's, what's really interesting, right? So yeah. he would take us out and we'd just go and we, you know, I'm sure he likely knew pretty much where we were. Um, but as a little kid, when you, when you leave the path and you're reliant upon um, a, a, some type of supervisor figure to get you back, you pay a lot more attention to direction. Right. So from a little, from a, a little tiny child, like eight years old, my sense of direction started to get honed really, really significantly. Mm. And it doesn't work the same way in cities. Mm. So that's the really interesting thing. I can get lost in cities really, really easy. I can't get lost in a forest. Like I wow. always know. Yeah. I don't know where we are, but I know we're going to, we're going to come up right where we need to be. And yesterday, like we came up when we popped our head out, we were 10 feet away from the car and it was just like, well, we're home. Yeah. We're home. Like I know, I know I didn't, I didn't know how long it was going to take us to get home, yeah. but when we popped out and the car was right there, I was like, yeah, that, that worked out pretty good. <laughs> and I realized that my dad didn't try to teach me this skill, but he did teach me this skill by taking me off the path. And it started to make me think a lot about, um, the amount of protective child rearing that's going on. Oh, yeah. And I don't have kids. So I'm the worst person, like do not take my advice on raising kids. I don't have kids, but I will say that when there's a little bit of fear in, in your upbringing, and I'm not saying fear of like your parents offering danger. I'm saying yeah. your dad just went off the path and you have to trust that this dude knows how to get you home. Mm -hmm your your skill sets lift up a little bit mm. and you start to think about taking care of yourself even if that's not a conscious thing that's happening mm. 
And the more we bubble wrap uh, little tiny children's lives, mm -hmm. the less skills they're going to have in that, in that capacity. Mm -hmm. So again, I have no kids. I'm the worst person offering child, child <laughs> advice ever, but I was a kid once. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. You were a kid once too. And if you think that you were bubble wrapped, you weren't because that's not the generation of parents that we lived in. The reason everyone in our age is bubble wrapping their kids is because their parents did it. Yeah. And we always essentially revolt against whatever our parents did. So now we're creating this bubble wrapped society that when they get older, they're going to be lacking a lot of really valuable skills. And those are the skills that take care of you. Um, so if you live in a city, right? Like, you want you want your children to know how to get around a city like that's that's a really <laughs> yeah. important thing yeah um yeah so that so, that was a thing that yeah. i just i noticed yesterday that i thought yeah. i thought was really valuable the th other thing that i want to circle back to and maybe these are related maybe they're not but you said this thing where you said hey i have like a little bit of apprehension about being in the wilderness what where did As where, tears were coming down my face <laughs> where, where does that come from um, let me first, let me dial, dial it back to, to, yeah, just, just for a sure. second. The, you made a good metaphor there. Um, so you could take me to a city and I can, and I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. I, can, I can navigate myself perfectly. Yeah. Like I, like I lived for six years in Manhattan and I knew my way around, like it was the forest for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, where does the cities are more comfortable for me than, than forests. However, I have a, I feel more comfortable in a, in a forest than I do a city. Careful with your uh, hand taps. Thank They'll you. go right into that mic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the reason why that I felt that apprehension in the forest um, was a lot of reasons, really. Um, hmm, I felt I felt almost a, a feeling of 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 abandonment, mm -hmm. right? And and meaning that I intentionally abandoned my life by walking into this forest mm. and like abandoned my wife, abandoned my job. And I have my abandonment wound, if you will, goes back to my adoption. Mm. Right. And then with, with my mother um, or my birth mother who left me on a doorstep of a monastery and said, peace out, you know, for, yeah. she did it with all the love in her work and in, in her heart. That's the only thing she knew to do. Yeah. Right, but that abandonment piece is 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 embedded in me. Yeah. Um, I've been through a lot of therapies in my life, um, talking to other people. I think that's a really good resource. Don't be afraid to reach out to people when you need to. Yeah. And one of the one of the therapists I was talking with said to me, "Can you go back to your six month old self, and can you?" Can you look at look at that Brian who who was left on that doorstep? Can you can you go back to how that made you feel? And it was a six month old baby. You have no conception of feelings, emotions, right. thoughts. But there's a there's a there's a inevitably there's an energetic thing that happens to you when the person who birthed you leaves you and, and walks away. Yeah. So at a very core level. I love adventure. I love to test myself in or put myself in uncomfortable situations. So by going out into the forest, that's what it is for me. It's, it's uncomfortable. Um, 
this is going to sound really weird, but this is exactly how I felt in that moment. I felt, I felt as if I was like almost like spiraling down like a black hole with no way of getting out. But at the bottom of that black hole, it wasn't like a black, black, black hole where there was like nothing at the bottom. The bottom of that hole was, was like, was juicy stuff where it was like, was like freedom and like, and um, expression and connection and love. And so, so through the, through the abandonment piece, through the, 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 that, that feeling that I had in my body started, started to, to, to evoke like, like the polar opposite of it, the, the love piece, the, the feeling of, um, you know, Brian, you can still love that six month old part of you who didn't receive that love that you so desperately needed. So if I can keep revisiting that part of my existence and showing tenderness and kindness and love and care for that, yeah. it, it, it allows the fear, the uncomfortableness to, to, to soften just a little bit. It's still there. We talked about this a little bit on one of our hikes, like the intensity of the feelings for me are still there of my trauma issues, the intensity, but the duration with it, which they last is, is a lot less. Yeah. In, 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 and amongst the forest that we were sitting in, when I looked up and Patrick and I, and Patrick could feel the, um, the sense of you just, we needed to make eye contact at that point in time. That was all that, that was, that was needed. And it, and it was a general gentle reminder that things are going to be okay. Like I never knew the story that your father led you out into the forest. If I would have known that going into our time in the forest together, I would have been a lot more relaxed. So <laughs> thanks for, for, for sharing that with me. Yeah. It, it, you are a master of the forest, man. And it, and it feels, it's a really beautiful thing to watch. Mm-hmm. I just, I kind of lead after you, a lead, lead behind you and I mirror your, your movements. And um, there was a portion of that hike though, that I lost you, that I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. see you for a long time yeah. down the big slope. Mm-hmm. And in, in and amongst brush, like like tall brush, I'm like, where are we going? Like I have shorts on, dude. Hello, like you know what I mean. But this is the city, the city coming out of me, right? Like anything that comes, like brushes my legs. I'm like, what is happening? I need my need my shower. I came home and took a shower, as you know, after I, yeah. after the forest. But the the moment that we left each other, that was a really big a really big time for me too, because although I was alone, quotation marks for the listeners out there who aren't watching the video, yeah, I was not alone. You're never alone, man. Yeah. I'm realizing that more and more as I go through this journey in my life is I'm not alone. Yeah. The abandonment piece made me feel alone when I was younger. Mm. Like didn't, I didn't feel I have anybody. My parents, my adopted parents gave me the most love I could ever have imagined. Yeah. But I still didn't feel it inside. My wife is, um, uh, is the person that makes me feel the most love inside. Mm. But when I was in that forest, dude, I felt the love. I felt a being alone. And then I saw a bird chirp. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I am the bird. The bird is me. Mm-hmm. And then and then I started to look around. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not alone at all. I'm so close to everything. I'm so close to love. I'm so close to my heart right now. Yeah. I'm so close to that piece of abandonment that has left me so far along ago. So it was like all in all in a snap of a finger, man. This stuff is coming at me. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a, it's um the forest is a big teacher for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's big medicine. Yeah, and I just have to. Um, you kept asking me on, on the different trails. You're like, "Do you want to go toward, back towards the where we think the car is? Or do you want to keep going?" I was like, "I just didn't. I just want. I didn't want to answer. Like, I just looked at you, and then you knew that that was the okay to go because the ego, my mind, will will, will quickly say no. Mm. But the more that I can give it that that pause, the more that you can take um, take a second to stop reacting to things, yeah. right? And then take a second and step back so you can come from a place of right action. 
That's really profound. Yeah. And it, I mean, the fact that we, the fact that we just went created this really beautiful opportunity where we found this half a mile long meadow that was just full of mules air flowers. Um, And then there was this little tiny break. And then there was this giant section of pensamon flowers. And so it was like a half mile plus of just wildflowers. And I mean, we'll probably both have that on our Instagrams if you want to see that (laughs) because it's, it is amazing. And we would have never found that Mm. if we had gone, if we had gone straight line up, straight line back. Right. Um, So we just went, okay, that's kind of an opportunity to go right here. And we went right. And then you just, this whole meadow opens up and it, it was a, it was one of the most beautiful places that I've seen. And I've seen a lot of beautiful places. Mm. So that was, you know, it just allowing yourself to have a little bit of room for exploration, mm. a little bit of freedom for abandonment or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the forest, you are never alone. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a real thing. If yeah. you pay attention, like, you know, so every, everywhere we're going, I'm picking up on things. There were, there were ladybugs everywhere. Mm. We saw, um, a really fascinating about two and a half inch long, really big yeah. caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there were, size. there yeah. were huge bumblebees flying around. There were butterflies, mm. there were ants, there were huge carpenter ants. Yeah. Uh, and that's not even getting into the microbes, right? Sure. Like the decay of the forest. The reason that forests are forests is because there are, there is decay, yeah. right? The, the microbes feed the soil and the soil feeds the plants and then plants become these massive groupings of plants that, that are forests. But the decay, the, the dying of the leaves, the deciduousness of the leaves each year adds more and more nutrients to the soil and, um, it's why those it's why forests are so interesting. The forest we were in yesterday, the thing that I was thinking the most about is how young it was because yeah. there wasn't a lot of decay. So we go about uh, an hour east of us, and that's a mesa that that Brian and I have both been on. It's uh, Grand Mesa, yeah. um, just east of Palisade. Yeah. That forest has about a two and a half plus uh, leaf bed to it. Two and a half foot plus leaf bed to it. So when you're walking, you're locking on kind of like sponges there. But the forest we were in maybe had a couple inches of leaf Mm -hmm. bed. And um, it's just the the diameter of the trees is smaller and the the closeness, the spacing of the trees is wider and it's much easier to transverse through. There is a little bit more shrubbery because of the canopies of the trees. They're just spaced out more. So we were walking through a lot of service berries and... um, we were walking through a lot of really interesting plants. There yeah. was some American vets, yeah. wild rose yeah. bushes. Yeah. Those, that, that's a beautiful everywhere. thing to see. Yeah. Um, uh, wild lupine up there. Like it, it, it was a really, it was a really fun time to be in such mm. a young forest mm. for me because I've been up there many times, but I've really never really noticed how young it was until yesterday. Mm. So um, yeah, you're never alone in a forest. Never. And if you know how to get back, go off the path. I but the path. don't uh, yeah. don't go off the path if you can't get back. So you can't blame me if you don't make it yeah. back. And, and, <laughs> and even like in your life, like if you can find ways to go off of your normal path, yeah, exactly. like that's a that's that's kind of what the what this is bringing me around to is the the beauty of 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 taking the stairs when the elevator is wide open when you when you come around a corner and you and you need to go up four flights of, of stairs and the magic and the elevator magically opens as if this welcome you into this little box but the stairs are right there 
can you take two steps to your right and go up the stairs instead of taking the elevator? Why? One, you get a good workout in. Number two, it's different than what you normally do. And number three, who knows you're gonna who's, who knows who you're gonna meet on the stairs because the elevator was empty. <laughs> so like, there's just a multitude of things that you can go down. I think the biggest the biggest lesson that I've learned is that is that the the, the momentum, the the path of your life is is something you have to you have to take you have to purposely take a step back and and capture what's happening with the momentum. Like whether the, the, does this momentum serve you? Does this momentum feel right? Like those, do the conversations, people, places, situations that you've encountered, do you find yourself in, are, are those feeling right? Right, because of like the momentum that, that is carrying you through your life or the momentum that's carrying you through the forest, if you can stop and, and decide to go a little bit of a different path, the world's gonna open up to you, I can promise you that. It's done that for me. I wouldn't be here with Patrick sitting here right now having this conversation and being as close to friends as we were starting to develop and cultivate is if I, if I wouldn't have gone off the, the momentum of my life. Mm, yeah. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't, it, the, the, the emergency, the, the trauma, the accident of my mother passing was not the moment, was not the stopping of the momentum that, that I needed to have happened. It was, it was a, it was, it wasn't what I'm trying to say is that Something can't happen to you. You have to make it happen. You have to consciously make it happen. So you can't sit back and relax and let the world come to you. You go make things happen into your own world to, to develop your own world. Does that, does that make sense? I think a no, big, we learned a big lesson yesterday. I did. Yeah. By, by forging your own path. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I learned lots of big lessons yesterday. <laughs> um, while we're like really close to this subject, I want to bring up a topic that I've brought up with guests a few times and um, everybody's been apprehensive to, to get into it. Okay. So, um, oh boy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I want to, uh, you know, this is a, this is a complex conversation. So this may take us a few minutes to really work out all of the details, but I want to ask you if you think that free will exists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The, the older that I get, the more that I live, the answer, the answer for me is, is a no. Free will doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. And why do you say that? Because of where I'm at today in my life. Um, All right. So let me, let yeah. me give you the first question that yeah. everyone is asking at home then. Yeah. Um, can you make choices? Well, we can, we can yes. so put your hands yeah. out, right? Yeah. And then uh, pick one. My right hand. All right, you made a choice. So you yeah. can make choices. Okay. Yeah, you can in that in that way. Uh, so, I, so I look at free will as more of a, of a, of a bigger picture than I do as a, as a microcosm. I think you can make decisions in, in, the, in the micro, like, like look, I picked my right hand here, but I don't think you can make decisions in terms of, a, um, in terms of your grand scheme of things, in terms of the, um, the momentum or the, your eventual. Okay, let me, give, let me give you a scenario then. You are presented with two giant job opportunities. Okay. You're gonna have to pick one. Uh -huh. Is that gonna change the course of your life? Yes, but yes, it will. But but that decision doesn't that that that, that decision doesn't come from me. I don't believe. Mm. Like I believe the decision comes from spirit, or comes from comes from an energy, a greater power that we don't quite understand yet. Yeah. So I think that like I'm here to serve a purpose. Um, it's taken me a while to get to this purpose, but I'm here in the purpose now. Yeah. Um, and so I made a lot of micro decisions in my life intentionally trying to take myself away from my purpose mm. but i eventually ended up back here 
I knew deep down in my heart the entire time that I was here. I'm here on this earth to help others, to serve others mm -hmm. in truth. And what I mean by that is, is to take myself out of the picture, out of the equation and do things for the sake of bettering other people. Like that's not, that's not a decision that I've, that I've, that I've consciously made when I was born, I don't think, or when I, like when I was a teenager, you know, and I went to college and to study business. But did you make it at any point? No, I didn't. It's in my heart. It's, it's. How did you, so how did you take the job? I sat with it. I sat with, I sat with both jobs. So I sat with, I sat with, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So I sat with both, with both, with both opportunities. So as if I was going down a path and the path split in two, right? That's what we're saying. We're job on the left, job on the right. Mm -hmm. um, I sat with both paths and which path feels better, which path keeps coming back up. Like which path, like you're not consciously saying like left is better than right without judgments or comments. You're just feeling into it. Mm -hmm. So the feeling into it, I feel like is, 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 is driving the, 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 the choice. Yeah. Your choices are given to you. Like if you can become still and, and, and meditation is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a place in my life where I make a lot of decisions, where decisions come to me. I don't make them, they come to me. Okay, so that, yeah. So I think we're, we're really close to a really important point. And I don't think this was not the path I expected to get to it through. So I think this is a fun way to explore it. Cool. So let's go back to two hands. Yeah. Um, make the decision. I got it. Okay. What was it? Right. Great. Where did that decision come from? Habit. Where'd your habit come from? Uh, I'm right-handed. Where'd your right-handedness come from? <laughs> Practice. Um, repetition. Mm -mm. No. There's no way, right? Because you can have if you, there's plenty of studies. That, well, we'll get we'll get back. Yeah. So there's plenty yeah. of studies of like always handing a child a fork in the left hand. It doesn't make them left-handed. But so so what we end up doing is we we have created we've created you've what you've done is you've created an excuse for uh, why you chose the right hand, which okay. was habit. So it's a superficial layer, right? You have to peel back all the superficial layers. It doesn't, it doesn't matter the, the amount of excuses you make. You need to know where the thought arises mm -hmm. from. And all of our thoughts, the, the way we make decisions, the way we have thoughts is they bubble up. Mm. Um, and they bubble up from experiences we've collected. Right. But I don't think there's any distinction in choices. I don't think that because you chose right hand, uh, choosing the right job as opposed to the left job uh, is any different of a decision-making process. They bubble up from the exact same place. The, the source of thought and the source of decision is the same place. Whatever that is, it is the same place, no matter what thought is arising and no matter what decision is being made. Hmm. The thing that is the important thing in understanding why free will doesn't exist is that thought bubble, that bubble of thought, that bubble of decision creates things for you. Hmm. You don't have the choice of what bubbles up. You don't have the choice no. of choosing right or left. You choose mm -hmm. right or left, right. whether it's because of your habits or because the right hand looked prettier than the, it doesn't matter right. why it happened it matters where it bubbles from, right? So the, if you envision your mind as blank, whatever the, as soon as I said, envision your mind as blank, something likely bubbled up. Where did that bubbling come from? 
and it came from your experiences. Mm-hmm. It came from your life, mm-hmm. but you didn't choose your life. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose your DNA. You didn't choose the time you were born. You didn't choose the location you were born. You didn't choose the, the food and nutrients that were given to you pre-birth. You didn't choose the food and nutrients that were given to you post-birth for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And at that point, there is a destiny that has been created. Destiny is the wrong word. Yeah. There is there is a there is an energetic container mm. where thoughts and decisions are going to start to bubble up from. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it is right or left hand or if it is I'm going to get married or I'm not going to get married. I'm going to take this job or I'm not going to take this job. I'm going to live or I'm not going to live. They all come from the same place, from the simplest essence of thought and question to the most complex and harrowing decisions you can make. They all arise from a place of which you have no control. And that is a real, like, that is a really fundamental thing in, um, in our lives that can allow for a lot of appreciation. It can allow, it can allow for a lot of compassion and it can, it can allow for a lot of opportunity because it is not saying that because you have a specific set of circumstances that you've already experienced, you can't make decisions that will impact your future, your future decisions. It is saying that the decisions that will arise within you are not of your control because they are just gathered from the experiences that you've already had. And those are the only opportunities that you have to put forth a thought or a decision in the current moment that you exist in. So I've brought that up a few times. I love the fact that you said no. Like Mm -hmm. I think you hit all the points, right? You just had wanted to have a distinction between these simple decisions and complex decisions. But the reality is if you sweep it all away, if you wipe it all down and there's nothing left, and then you just say, what bubbles up next? You have no idea why that bubbles up. And you can't control what bubbles up. Mm. It just bubbles up. Mm. And then you're like, well, that's in the world now. Mm. At least it's in my head. Yeah. (laughs) You know, a lot of that stuff may come from our past karma, dude, past lives that we don't even know where they're coming from. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to find a source of where these thought bubbles are coming up because I agree with you. I think, I think they're, they're all originating from the same place in and out of the same, the same essence, but where does the essence come from? It might be even, you can peel it back even a, le- a further layer, right? And like, and, and the path, if, 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 whether or not you believe in past lives or not, that's, that's a whole nother topic for, for discussion. But what I'm, what I'm suggesting here is that, is that you have some sort of, um, some sort of soul like karma that's, 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 that's delivered because you are a soul, right? So it's, it's delivered through that. So maybe those bubbles are coming up through past like experiences like going down hundreds of thousands of millions of years ago, who knows? So I think um, you have to remove the word soul because it's very, there's certainly a grouping of people who aren't going to use that word. Understood. But there is something that animates you, right? Um, You are a physical being that has been animated. Sure. And there is an energy that there is an energy that lives in you and lives beyond you. And that's a, that's a really important thing too. Um, Label it as you want to, right? It's that's, that's the essence of it. Right. So I just, I want to, I want to take that word out, but I also, for the, for the people who, 
I want to also offer a, a really a real life practical experiential component that, that really helped me understand the energy that is within you and that animates you yeah. and how it is separate uh, from from you. So when you die, and yes, you're for sure going to, when you die, your hair and your fingernails and toenails will continue to grow for several weeks after you die. You are dead, but your body is continuing to grow. So there is there is for sure an energy that animates you, that, that resides within you, that is separate from you. And that that piece of information for me was so profound and impactful and um it's it's for a lot of reasons but th- there that that component really really changed the way i thought of life mm-hmm. and i finally got it for the first time where where i really understood for the first time there is there is a there is a me that is separate from me mm. yeah and and again so that's a thing that people um who follow a, a Buddhist mentality kind of take for granted. I, I've noticed is that they'll have a conversation with you and they'll be like, you know, I understand that I am not my mind. I am not my body. And, and for a lot of people, me included, that was a, that was a, an immediate turn off to the conversation. Cause I thought, you no, know, for sure. I am for sure. My mind and my body, that is, the, that is a biological fact that is existing within me right now. When I learned that there is a biological energy that lives within me uh, after I have physically gone on, hmm. it changed the way I thought of, of that. And I understood at that point that there is some type of a separation. And, and that I think is a really, there's a really important piece to understanding the complexity of, of whatever the heck is going on hmm. here. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so we have, we have this, there is an energy. It may live on the karmic, the karmic component. So what, what I'm, what I'm talking about with uh, free will and karma are essentially the exact same idea, mm. um, right? Is karma is a collection of experiences essentially and how, how they will impact your life. And this is the collection of experiences and how they directly impact your ability, ability and placement in life. Um, so even if if we take out any woo woo ness and we just we we just use kind of like the 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 essence of both conversations, uh, a very scientific and, yeah. and a be- very Eastern philosophical approach, um, there is a karmic expression that is that is happening on on us as we go through life. Yeah. And um, it, 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 we are impacted by the music we listen to. We are impacted by the energy we're around. We are impacted. We are impacted by the people and how we talk about the people in our lives. We are impacted by our thoughts. Like all of these things will impact us, whether you want to call it karma or you want to just lay it out as as biologically as possible. They're, they are the, they are the same thing. So to turn it back over to karma, mm. hit me up. <laughs> the karma piece is something I'm 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 starting to cultivate in my own life, understanding it or trying to understand it. Um, whether or not that's going to happen is a whole other story. For for me, for me, there's 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 parts of me that that I can feel, that I can well not taste, but metaphorically taste um, inside of me that 
the clearer that I get, the, the more still that I become, the more inner work that I do, the more conversations I have like this with someone like you or, or, and, and the more uncomfortable situations I put my in, the more layers that I peel back, I'm understanding that there are parts of me that I don't know where they came from. So that, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have another word to, to label it other than karma. That, that, that this, that, that was born into this existence, my life right now, this physical nature with, with stuff, with karma that, that just preceded my, my memory or my, my understanding. So like the other day I was having a conversation with, with, with somebody at work and I was, and I was, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't know why I know the exact thing to say to this person, but I, but I know, I, you know, I know it's the right thing. And I said what I said to the person and, and th there was just a, there was a softening of the experience. She was going through some difficulties with one of her partners. Um, so there was a softening of that immediate relation of the media. It was a, it was an example that I, that I, ha I had not experienced in my life, but I felt it inside my body. So it's like, and I would have, that, that, that thought bubble bubbled up <laughs> because I was able to because I've cleared so much out of the way that those type of things can come up, right? There's no resistance anymore. Um, that's my biggest explanation of what karma means for me. Uh, you know, I don't know whether or not all, all beings or all the listeners out there believe in such things. It's, but, but what I can't figure out myself and I can't put a, put a circle around it and dot the I, or if you will, like then, then if it, it's not coming from me, where's it coming from? You know, that's, that, that, that's where I relate to, to karma is. Yeah, like my like my my wife and I, Danielle, we we've gone through some some things in our life that together as a couple and, and through and through a relationship that that I don't think either of us brought into this consciously, right? It's, it was karmic stuff we're dealing with, almost as a as a, as a collective as a couple. So I mean that we we we've, we've seen some some therapists around that as well, and it's and it's really it's really boils down to trusting what you feel. And whether or not you, whether or not your human brain, your ego can label it and put really pinpoint it, that's not really the work. The work is to honor what comes up. That's my work, at least. Because yeah. the more that I push down or, or or sabotage or you know suffocate those type of feelings, then that's not riding the karmic train, if you will. That's like getting off of it at every other stop and questioning whether or not you want to go two steps down the road. Just like we were talking about before, like, like going into those uncomfortable paths that you just don't know where they lead. I don't know where my karma leads, but I know that the more work I do around it, the more work I do on myself, the stuff that I know comes from me, the more that my karma starts to open up and starts to become a free flowing river instead of just a blocked up river with a bunch of rocks in it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, I don't know. I wish I had the, I wish I had the key to unlock the door that could show us where all these thought bubbles come from. I don't know, but you're making me think even more about where, where mine come from, you know, and, and, and wanting to pinpoint that even a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, you can pinpoint it. It's the subconscious, yeah. right? Yeah. So the, the challenge is, it is inherently beyond your ability to be conscious of it. That's true. And because of that, uh, we live a very specific existence. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm happy that we got to, I'm happy that we kind of got to pull this out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure why it's such a scary topic, but I, I think it's a really, it's a really human topic. It's a really sure. important topic. And um, it's a really compassionate topic to uh, change the way you think about other humans and why they're doing things. And the more compassion that you can offer, the better, the better things really are.
I always talk to, to people about like when you when you're in a situation where someone comes at you from a direction that you weren't expecting and it was not necessarily the nicest of things. Right? I always like to tell people or frame it this way, like Danielle and I have she, she works primarily through the computer. She works at home and she's dealing. She's never met any of her coworkers. She's so she's dealing with all of these layers of of, of resistance of what it means to, to, to truly communicate. Right. There's no eye contact. There's no energetic feel like we're exchanging here. There's no there's nothing. There's no body language to read off of. You're just staring at like a the torso up on a computer. We're all familiar with Zoom calls. <laughs> so and when, when someone comes at her with 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 something that's in a negative light about the specifics of, of whatever she's working on or maybe even about a color of a shirt Danielle's wearing or something. Right. There's always. There's, there's what I, what I like to frame it as this to her is say, love, they're not doing those. She's not making those comments because of you, because of your red shirt or because of the specific thing you added or left out of the work we're in. They're doing things because of their own filter, their own experiences, their own karma, their own subconscious. That's why they're doing things. It's not because of you. Yeah. So like that, 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 that's offered, offered me a, a softening of experiences where, where I c- come away thinking, what the heck just happened there? What did I do wrong? What, 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 is, what is wrong with me, right? It's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's, um, that's a figment of your imagination. So sometimes just allow people, allow people to be people and you can just hold space for their subconscious without reacting to it, without playing into that game. That's really important. How do you, I got a question for you now. All right. <laughs> how, how do you then, how do you then decipher the decisions that you make in your life? Do you just, do you just roll along with the momentum, not questioning things or, or is it, or is it, um, or is it, is there a teeter totter? Is there a give and take for you? I can tell me. No, no, I don't want to tell you. You answer. No, finish, finish that. Cause from my perspective, one of the things that I most admire about you is your ability to just go with the flow. So I was thinking about this yesterday, yeah. interestingly enough. Interesting. Um, decisions are really, really easy for me. Yeah, I know that. They are. They're just, uh, and it doesn't really matter all that much if it works out or not. Yeah. Because I know that if it doesn't work out, I'll have the opportunity to make another decision. That could possibly make it work out or whatever. Well, I mean, it, yeah. it will, right? Like you, <laughs> right. Can, you will either die or you will make enough decisions to make it work out. <laughs> yeah. I don't really spend, I don't spend a lot of the time debating back and forth on things. Mm. Uh, it's probably a detriment in many situations. And I mean, it is a detriment in, in situations. Like there are things that I could do much quicker if I thought about them on the front end, but there are also a lot of lessons that I learned along the way by just doing things yeah. and then being like, well, you know, buddy, you screwed up a bunch of times. So here's where you are now. How are you going to get yourself out of this hole? But I never feel like I can't get myself out of the hole. So um, I have no fear of making a bad decision because I know there's a, there's a decision in the future. So that makes it, that makes making decisions a really easy and be really fun. Really fun. And that's the way I live my life. My life has literally become uh, making decisions to do the things that I want to do. Sure. And now I'm in a place where I really, 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 really enjoy every single thing I do. And people, uh, people find that hard to believe. Mm. I was having a conversation with someone 
And part of part, part of my days, every single day, every single day that I'm working on this, this project is I am packing up orders. So I am, I am taking seeds that I've grown. I'm putting them in an envelope. I'm printing out a label and I'm shipping them to somebody. And someone was uh, trying to make a point about how my life isn't that wonderful because that's part of it. And the reality is I could make that not part of my life pretty darn easy. I've kept it in because I love it because doing a mindless task gives me an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours a day where I can use, like I can just think and how many people get the opportunity to spend four hours a day thinking. So all I'm doing, if all I'm doing is taking one envelope, putting it inside another envelope, writing a name on it, my brain is using about 5% capacity. Mm -hmm. I have 95% capacity to think about things to like, just, appreciate the freaking life that's going on to to make myself laugh. And um, that is the most enjoyable part of my day. And maybe if you don't have a ton going on in Mm. your, in your head, like you're not constantly trying to create the next crazy (laughs) thing no one's ever heard of uh, that time might be horrible. But for me, it's the best part of my day is the opportunity I get to think for one to four hours, maybe more. Um, yeah, so decisions aren't bad doing, doing monotonous things aren't bad. Like I love, I love, but I also love no matter what I'm doing. That's not true. I've got to the point where the the decisions I make only put me in a place where the things I do, I love, I I, I love doing them. Mm. So like when I was in Arizona, I loved being in Arizona. Mm. I enjoyed every aspect of being in Arizona. And then when I left Arizona, I don't tie myself back to like, oh, I loved all those things and I miss those things now because those things aren't the things that I I can love and appreciate now. My life now is not, I can't go to, I could, but it'd be a crazy person fool Aaron to run to the grocery store every day. I would go three times a day in Chandler, but now I go like three times a week. I, I loved doing, I loved that life in Chandler that I had where I, where I could, where I was in the middle of everything and I knew everyone. And now I'm in the middle of nowhere and I know no one and I love it equally. Mm. I don't, I don't tie myself energetically back. And this is, Mm. this is um, another, another thing that's really important to me are energetic anchors. And maybe Mm -hmm. you've heard me talk about them. Maybe you haven't, but energetic anchors to me is this concept of things that people tie everything back to. So it's like one moment in time and this one moment in time that is one year ago, two years ago, two decades ago, three decades ago becomes the thing that, it, that you blame on every other thing that happens in your life. And the reality is once the, the, once the thing happened, there was another thing and there was another thing and there was, a, there was a thing every second, every millisecond, there was another thing that allowed you the opportunity to change your path. Mm. Um, but if you decide that this one thing is going to be the one thing that dictates all the decisions in the future, it will be that thing. So if you can cut energetic anchors from mm. your life, one, you feel lighter, you feel mm. freer. And two, you, you think about trying to pull a sleigh forward and yeah. move into the future. If you're pulling all this weight from the past, it's yeah. going to be freaking hard work. The moment you cut that thing off, mm. like moving forward is just easy. And mm. I'm really, really good mm. at cutting things off. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's just like, I, 
and it, I don't have to dislike it. Yeah. I loved being it loved being in Chandler. Yeah. It was the one of my favorite points of my life. And a lot of times it was my favorite point of my life. Yeah. But I'm doing something different now yeah. and I don't miss it. Yeah. Even though it was the most amazing experience. Yeah. I'm never like, oh man, if I was only doing yeah. that again, yeah. because that's that's a thing I did. Yeah. It's part of me now. It happened. Mm. And you can't not make it happen. So no one can take that experience away from you. Thanks for that share, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, that's really beautiful. You, you, you have a remarkable ability to, 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 to be present, um, to be, to be present with every breath. That every, makes life a lot better. Every millisecond, dude, you're present. And yeah. We spend time together. This is the first time we've spent time together significantly one-on-one -on -one, yeah. alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was really looking forward to it. Too. And and it's 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 been a, a journey into the present moment mm -hmm. for me. I don't think you know how much you helped me um, help me appreciate what life. Mm, um, cool. Yeah, dude, it's really <laughs> freaking cool. It's really freaking cool. And it started off like you know, it started off of um, well, this this particular weekend has been challenging because I'm not with my partner. My partner and I. Um, have some news on the way that we're going to share in the future that is really special. And I just feel like a deep, deep connection to her. And I've experienced that connection even more being gone, mm -hmm. but you've helped me understand, dude, that, that there is a, there is a, that life ex only exists in the present moment. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't exist in the sure. past. It doesn't exist in the future. Yeah. Those are figments of your imagination. For sure. That only exists now. And I'm mirror snapping here. Mm -hmm. It's that's it. Mm -hmm. It's all we have. It quite, quite literally, the past and the future are imagination. They are. Right? Like they that, are quite that's, literally. That's one of the most interesting things. It really is. is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So the more that I've spent my time in, in the past or the future, I, I have a, a radar now that notices that. Mm. And, 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 the, and the reason why that radar is so strong now, like the batteries are charged up and it like goes on forever is because of, because of the amount of um, the people who I choose to spend my time with are focused on the, in on the present moment, yeah. in on every breath. And I think that that's medicine, right? It's medicine for someone like myself who has always spent so much time in the past and the future in mm. like in the past, like yeah, previous points points of my life. Yeah, always wanting something, always yearning for the past. Whatever yeah. the situation would be, like you, those energetic anchors, dude. Yeah. Though, that that really stood out for me. Mm. My my energetic anchors are now based on like what's going to happen within the framework of that day, mm. and that's where I base my energetic anchors on. Yeah. After that day is over, I close the book and and I close the turn the page and, yeah. and, and the next page of the day is open. Yeah. But for me, it's a constantly toggling back and back between, between thought patterns, between those conditionings, back to the present moment, back to my breath, back to the here and now. And I, and I, and I find it, I've observed you around here in your house and in, in your, on your farm and your ranch. And it's, there's a beauty. So, so my house at home, there's a place for everything. Like you walk in and there's, if a pen is sitting on the table, that pen is going to be picked up by either my wife and I and put away in a in the pen in the pen drawer. Yeah. <laughs> You're not like that around here. Mm -hmm. And there's a freedom in here that I feel, dude. That excuse me, the dude stuff is an old story I'm working through. But I feel a freedom in here mm -hmm. that's not regimented by pen holders yeah. and um, fruit containers. Yeah. <laughs> that that I'm going to start to um, uh, imp implement into my own life cool <laughs> i'm gonna have spaces in my house that are just there 
to be. I spend so much time trying to make things perfect on the outside so that I can be perfect on the inside. Mm -hmm. I have like this, this, yeah, aesthetically like beautiful around me so that my inside can be beautiful. Dude, you're one of the most beautiful persons, people I've ever met. And you walk in here and it's, it's not well, my interpretation of what your inner beauty is. Does that make sense? There's no, there's no parallel to it, yeah. <laughs> but, but there's a beauty that you just shine bright. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate that. I appreciate the, the randomness of you. Pretty Be- random. <laughs> but that, that's, that's a quality that I'm guessing was not always there for you. Pretty random. Pretty random. Your life? Okay. <laughs> there were times in your life where you had to go, go to baseball practice every day. Right, then you could the randomness was was taken out of your life because of the, the things and activities you were in, or vi- yeah. vitality. There was a there was a you had to be there at certain times. Is what I'm trying to say. No, there's a yeah. remarkable yeah. amount of freedom in my life now. Yes, right? like I I do not I have a Sunday morning and a Monday <laughs> and a Monday evening schedule, yeah. and everything else is pretty much you know whatever arises yeah. in that time. Yeah, that that is definitely true, and that's a key point. Whatever arises in that time. So my days are going to be spent in the future planning my work day out and my work life, quote unquote, as you as I move into this management position. Um, I am the manager, but it, as I move into that role and we, and we open the we open our center, the rest of my days are going to be random, dude. Well, some of the most profound experiences my wife and I have are random days when we will abandon our abandon our schedule when we just say we're going to wake up. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go out to the mountain and we're with our dogs, and then we're going to figure it out from there. Yeah. And but nine times out of ten, those days trickle into be something beautiful, something memorable. Yeah, for sure. The cool. random the randomness is something that 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 cultivates. Um, present moment awareness and it also cultivates a lot of love and joy man so i appreciate you you sharing your love and joy with me this appreciate you man i think that that is an interesting point um randomness and decision making are very present moment activities they are um they you i guess you could be worried about things in a decision i get it i get it people are worried about things when they're making decisions but the moment of decision right the 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 moment where a decision becomes clear is a very present moment piece. Mm. So that's a pretty cool thing. Maybe just make decisions all the time and you'll always, you'll always be in the present moment. <laughs> I guess so. Um, all right. I think we've shared enough. Any, any last thoughts in, in your end? Hmm. Should we go about the, should we <laughs> explain our passion for, for, for the game of discs? Yeah. Tell people about disc golf. <laughs> just go play some disc golf, man. It's a lot that's of true. fun. Play some disc golf. It yeah. is fun. And and work on and work on not being perfect. It's a metaphor for life. Like disc golf, every throw is different. So can you wake up and realize that every day is different? It doesn't have to be a repeat of yesterday. Well, so uh, just a real quick, I, I think this is really interesting. Um, at people with athletic skill, mm. right? It, it when you are in the moment of athletic skill, mm. that is that is. The, that is the zone, right? Like when, when you are playing and you are not thinking, uh, everything is as easy as can be. So if you, if you are someone who has a child and you're like thinking about making this child, this <laughs> remarkable athlete, the, the reality is um, developing an awareness of a mindfulness practice and a yoga practice, by the way, because physicality, uh, oh, when, when your child is 28, 
if if they are if they have the the flexibility that they had when they were seven, they're mm. going to be a superhuman. Superhuman. <laughs> um, but also, if when you have the ability to clear your mind, right? Any athlete will know those times when things are just clicking and you're not thinking about anything other than how, like how you're going to crush whatever you're going to do. Um, it changes the whole world. So um, that that ability to empty your mind and um, empty your mind is a terrible word. I, I I don't I don't like that. But the ability to be in the the ability to exist within that present moment and not be worrying about past failures and not be worrying about mm. what could happen in future failures, yeah. uh, when you can be in that present state and being athletic, you are a superhuman. Mm. Uh, there is nothing that can prevent you from being successful when you are when you are if you are a gifted athlete and you are outside of your head's concerns. Yes, things are. So you're unstoppable. You are unstoppable. Yeah. So if you want to make an yeah. unstoppable athlete, get them in freaking yoga yeah. and get them in meditation. Yeah. Start there instead of starting with complaining about the fact that they haven't gone out and practiced whatever sport they're going to do for two hours. I, I'm not a parent. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I was a child once. <laughs> we were both <laughs> children. Yes. <laughs> I love that, man. Go and go ahead and, and, and provide your better even yet, you know, better, better than having your child get on the yoga mat and start to stretch. Why don't you get on the mat and start to stretch first? True. Children learn by example. True. Just a thought. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Talk with you all soon. Much love. Oh, yeah. Check out show notes for our contact information.